0: we're back doing the brain trust podcast my name is adam Vass, and i'm a tabletop game designer in grand rapids michigan
1: and i am will Yopst. i was once a tabletop game designer but i'm now trying out a new line of work in toronto Ontario, canada and we are live at gen con at the indiana convention center and we are right outside the doors and you can come and see us for whatever you need
0: that's right uh if you need something uh, if you
1: need something to help you maybe get inside we might have it yeah, um,
0: you know we need like a cool how are we gonna know that uh, no 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 narcs listen to the podcast right like if you're a narc, uh, you narcs can't legally you have to tell us and you also can't yeah. listen to our podcast
1: um, log off five star review us and then log off right now uh this has been a two-party conversation you are not allowed to record
0: so now here. that uh only cool people are left um we we do got that good stuff here at gen con we have tickets for you to get into
1: gen con has sold out as currently we are outside the doors, um, we had some issues ourselves uh, needing to get tickets in. There was a little booking error, which, um, although was my fault, I am not accepting the blame for. We spent uh,
0: all our money at the wrong Gen Con. We bought every game at the other Gen Con.
1: There is a wing of a university named after me now, based on what I did at the other Gen Con.
0: And so we hitchhiked our way over here to Indianapolis to the uh, Thunderdome, what is it called? <laughs> the convention uh, the center. Colts play there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we uh, found out that there are more lucrative ways to uh, table at Gen Con than maybe tabling at Gen Con.
1: Yeah, our table is the parking lot, the sidewalk near the entrance, and we have not only passes to get into Gen Con, Not only exhibitor passes for you to show your stuff at Gen Con to get there behind the scenes. We have sold out event passes for you. And we've got some uh, primo events you might not even know exist here, uh,
0: including the Matt Mercer tattoo session. That's right. Matt Mercer will tattoo you, and he will talk to you in your favorite tattoo artist voice the whole time. (laughs) He is currently just
1: doing impressions of everybody on inked um so if you want to hear matt mercer give you the best uh guy from that fucking band what is his name dave navarro (laughs) yeah dave navarro um yeah uh we got some other celebrity game appearances too um you get to play the beholder in true dungeon okay if you get well you're one of the one eyes. Of our sp- one of the that and that's a great opportunity
0: yeah you know no one the, that's the secret with the beholder in true dungeon it's not just one guy um each eyeball is its own autonomous being and uh, you can be one of them and you know the other nice thing about it is it's effectively infinite like beholder can have as many eyes as we want so we do have you know there's no shortage of 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 tickets or i guess of of security clearance passes that we've acquired for beholder eyes
1: i have a question about beholder anatomy now that we're talking about this <laughs> okay so beholder got the one big eye right classic and then it's got many little eye stalks yeah yeah what is that kind of stereographic optical picture that a beholder is seeing
0: um that's got to be a little messy, right? I think it's <laughs> like, like got... I think it's like the three sixty camera that like the train kid on oh, TikTok has. Yeah, yes, yes. So the beholder can see everything around itself, and also Jeremy can see itself <laughs> real big. Um, yeah, and see its crazy face. <laughs>
1: I I it could be like that. I also think it might be kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's that it's kind of looking security around security cams. camera style. Yeah, it's like different, and it it kind of n- can see all of them at a glance, but it can kind of tune into one of them.
0: Right, the big eye is for tuning in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, wow, Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, so I have a very special. Event pass. Just a pass in general for Gen Con. Um, And I don't even think you know about this one because I scored this late last night at a Steak Shack or whatever. Steak and Shack. (laughs) Steak and Shake. (laughs) Shake and Stack. (laughs) God damn, I love Indiana, dude. (laughs) I have the only Gen Con elevator pass available. Oh, Oh, you know Gen Con? You haven't even gone up yet.
0: <laughs> You've been walking on the ground like a plebe all these years? <laughs> you haven't gone
1: up. Okay, I have the Gen Con Elevator Pass, and you can get it for the low price of the Gloomhaven Festival uh, all-in package.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cephalet Fair Games is the only people who can afford the Elevator Pass.
1: <laughs> I am selling this to Kickstarter Luminaries only. Um here's some of the things you can expect to see during the uh during the elevator pass. And I actually got a chance to go up myself. I know that you took it down. I'm not ready for that at this point. I'm not ready to see what lies beneath
0: Gen Con. And I uh legally am not allowed to tell you. Yeah,
1: it is like below Uh, The city of Leondel in Elden Ring. That's like what we're thinking about here. (laughs) But we have, of course, the Gen Con Ops Center, where they are um, Cabin in the Woods-style monitoring and creating every situation in Gen Con.
0: Yeah, the Paizo man is in his glass cage. (laughs) (laughs) Just ready to be unleashed. We
1: need a board game bag live on aisle a six <laughs> uh there is the um operating theater where you can see uh into you know different booths different tables you can kind of tune into the table mics at uh every game happening in gen con
0: yeah this is sort of the big brother station where we over they they oversee <laughs> this is where god lives this is where the um you want to know what the announcer looks like yeah oh my
1: god attention gen con attendees um now it's time to hear that guy speak at a normal speaking volume but it's like the wizard of
0: oz like it's very much the man behind the curtain of gen con so if you want to spoil that mystery for yourself that's up just up one floor in the elevator and you know what happens when
1: you go up another floor i don't entire roof water park
0: whole roof the whole thing
1: whole roof friggin water park and no Uh, one is there (laughs) it's empty um because it's for the vips critical role is going to hit that water park right after their big game
0: (laughs) Um, you could be there yeah that chlorine is going to be doing god's work all all (laughs) week
1: Finally, we can chemically disinfect people. at God, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna be outside here, um, kind of near the bee coffee area. We've got if what you, you need. need. To take it, if you need, if don't, you need an event pass, Adam and I are wearing trench coats filled with little tickets.
0: Yeah, and just so we know that you're not a cop, um, don't forget the password. Uh, you gotta roll. You gotta so, roll a zero zero on a D one hundred.
1: Yep, that's how you do it and you got to know which one that means.
0: <laughs> you have to correctly we identify we <laughs> you have know to correctly
1: identify what a 100 is and what a <laughs> what a 0 is. Because Adam and I we both know as game designers, we know and it's never a, a question when we see it hit the table. Um but while we're here, uh we got some other game stuff to talk about. So, how about we come back from a break? and and bust the shit open love it all right We are back on the Brain Trust Podcast outside the gates at Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, we are going to chat about something that uh, we're both kind of new to, but really like doing, and that is like a mentor slash mentee relationship, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, uh, I think we present on this podcast a level of knowledge that we uh, uh, claim to possess each of us and we want to pass that knowledge on
1: (laughs) we have something that you ostensibly want from us and we can try um but i think i have had mentors in the past i have mentors now that are really helpful to me in um you know different art forms and different walks of life that uh are just great to have a resource that's like hey i have this design question or something like that for role-playing games um what it like just to know that someone has had this problem before um it is so great to to do that and i think like to demystify a little bit of the mentor mentee relationship you can have this vibe with somebody who you are one day older than in your art journey or in your game design journey and it still be a fruitful thing so don't think about it like old masters coming down and talking to um, young artists like it is a lot more like both people are getting a lot out of this relationship and it just has a at least one day you know like knowledge advance on the other person
0: yeah we talk uh somewhat frequently on the show about like the the three questions or the questions you can ask yourself as a game designer to maintain your intent and make sure your design meets the intention but um a lot of the time i find when like just speaking with any degree of authority on a subject forces you to consider those things and like Kind of ask yourself those questions before you can relay that to somebody um so you learn about your process and your uh proclivities and stuff in that relationship um it's not it is a two-way street like by having someone ask you questions sometimes there'll be questions that you like never have asked yourself or you never thought to even ask and that is really enlightening um but yeah, and I think there's always been a culture of this within the Brain Trust Discord. This is why it's my sort of comfort zone in the internet. That like, yeah, people are friends and talking about the movies that they like and all that shit. But there's also just like a philosophizing and theorizing and always going on with games and any level of accomplishment or expertise is kind of met on even footing by all the people in that community
1: absolutely I mean that's such a big strength and I think it's I just had a play test with a bunch of um, brain trust members as well for big grave and I just found that everyone was able to like give me extremely good advice in different ways in their own way that only they could have delivered it and it is just like you know a t- like you said a total flattening of that stuff where people have taste enough to know what they like know what they don't like and have thought deeply about those things and what they dig and to bring that into that community where we can like take that position of like m- mentor for a moment or whatever um you know asking qu- cuz we're both asking questions in there a lot and we yeah. don't know everything I mean, yeah, like,
0: the, and you never will like, that's not necessarily the goal either um
1: yeah so like there are no master game designers right. i would say yeah you're always
0: yeah. learning the uh industry and the kind of games in which you're communing with um are ever changing. Like you're always going to be adapting and learning and someone's always going to have some idea you never could have thought of. That's going to inspire you. Um, So yeah, you're just go as long as you keep that in mind and have that attitude that like to me, the goal of creative work is to continue to learn like forever. Uh, Yes. And this is a field in which that feels very Known and um, active. Like that growth is happening exponentially and there's so many conversations around it with other designers and with people who just play games and like any kind of level of involvement that um, keeps that really exciting and inspires me as a creative person.
1: Yeah, it is really... Exciting and inspiring because of the multidisciplinary aspect and the amount that we can like exercise our own voices in such a thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it is such an exciting medium. I don't think I think of that often enough.
0: Yeah, even um, just recently was the IGDN Groundbreaker Awards ceremony that I was watching and in their Discord chatting with folks. And like for the most part, I didn't know any of the people that were in there um, not many of them at least and was very cool to be like I have not heard of this game but it looks like my jam or uh, people were just kind of vibing with one another and celebrating one another and it was just like a kind of good energy to it Um, that was innately inspiring too and not only did I walk away with like here's a list of games that I can check out that I hadn't heard of but here's also a crop of game designers that I sh- that people should be paying attention to because like there's innovation going on in these pockets that you might not be paying attention to that's so great
1: um yeah I I love that and that's a lot of like community as like group mentorship but yeah. you are about to start like a one-on-one kind of thing
0: yeah I actually uh truthfully I'm not sure what This entails because it is a sort of curated uh, mentorship I applied to some time ago. Um, I said, you know, here's who I am. Here's the stuff I like to make. And here's like what I think I can offer someone. And um, just as sort of cliff notes um, to anyone listening in case this is something that would benefit you is those things that I think I'm great at are um, one is product sourcing. Um, I think it, I'm kind of known in our little pocket of industry as like someone who can make physical weird things like, Oh, I know where to get scratch off tickets made. I know where to do. Yeah. Like cloth printing or whatever, like, because that's part of my work background with merch sourcing for the band and stuff um, that I'm pretty good at that. So that like physical production was something that I prioritized my knowledge of. Um, I work really well with, I guess I would say, abstract and auteur kind of themes and aesthetics. Um, things that are not your conventional fantasy setting. Um, obviously games like Ether Operations and Necronautilus and all these sort of like gonzo worlds that I create. Um, I can wrap my head around those a lot better than for some reason a kind of more expected elven dwarven thing um yeah so if you're yeah. making a weird game i'm probably able to connect with you on a sort of philosophical level a little bit easier and then
1: help you can get past all of the small talk of the weird game and into yeah like yeah, yeah. I think
0: about yeah me trying to pitch it that one of my games to someone who only does fantasy stuff it's going to be a lot harder than just pitching to an absolute freak because the freak's going to be like we can we know like we're good Uh, So that sort of stuff. And then, like, but lastly, I think tying theme and mechanics is something that I'm good at and making, like, bespoke systems that really emphasize what it is that you're trying to get a player to experience. So I give that bullet list to um, a Google sheet. I actually can't remember off the top of my head what this call was from. And they paired me with someone who is making, like, an abstract, weird setting kind of game who's also a musician and like so we have this common ground we have this background history so um actually after this call after this recording i'm gonna meet them for the first time and then nice see what this entails so this is the first definitely like formal mentorship or any kind of like uh structured educational (laughs) experience that i've been a part of um beyond just like helping people on a whim or um, philosophizing in the voice text or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it'll be a lot like that. You know, there's a lot of strategies. I've done like three or four mentorships at this point and I've been a mentee of others and it's usually like they will, you'll ask like, hey, what like design problems are you chewing on right now? What is going on? And they can just, you know, Think of it like a music lesson in that, like, did you practice? Did you practice the thing we talked about? Okay, no. Okay, let's talk about that stuff, or um, let's go into this new concept kind of thing. I find that, like, music education is a good backbone for this kind of thing.
0: It's funny because I've never taken lessons, so I don't have that. Oh! <laughs> I, I don't have that understanding.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, Uh damn i loved getting less getting lessened at music um but yeah just like you know what is on your mind what problems are you struggling with let's talk through them let's brainstorm that kind of stuff um because you're going to learn a lot about your own process and it's going to solidify the things for you as the mentor that are important to your own practice and it's kind of like when I learn a new little thing about art and I go and tell you. It's mostly so I can like reify that information in my own head. Like, hey, there's this cool thing that I learned about. Check it out. Um, and yeah, you'll have this like clearer picture of who you are and what you do and what makes your work special that you're getting that out of the mentor-mentee relationship.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it i am also looking forward to the sort of structured version just to see and compare and contrast and how that is to the very loose sort of experience that i've had in the past and just see if this is something yeah um we've talked about it in the past on the show and like i like being able to um you know think out loud with people and kind of like Uh, wax poetic about what it is that we do and why Um, but having it in a sort of yeah formal setting I think might be nice for me Uh, especially as like a recurring appointment or some kind of like structure in that way of saying like watching it grow or watching it change versus the sort of moment to moment uh, assistance that we can give each other through discord and stuff So I can like actually pay attention to successes and failures of both uh, the ways that I teach or the ways that I can relay information and also like how they how other people respond to them or what they get out of that.
1: Nice. I think that that's it's going to be really great. And your your mentee is really lucky to have you. So that's going to be very cool. Um, I I did this thing last year, and I guess I just didn't get the email again. I don't know. (laughs) It seems a little slapdash how it works. But I had a great experience with my two mentees. And I'm trying to think of, like, what were the things I said that I am particularly good at? And I think it's, like, the idea to manuscript process, like, How do I crank out an idea and then make a plan to make a manuscript and then make it? And how do you make finishable projects? That kind of thing. And then all that other stuff for like, you know, funky game ideas, playtesting help. It sounds really boring when you break (laughs) it down like that, but yeah. Yeah. Because as like game designers and publishers, we have to do everything. And there are some things we definitely are goaded at but aren't very exciting. <laughs> like Oh yeah. Sourcing products. Yeah. Like I would think that you're more instead of like saying the sourcing products is your specialty, it's like you're able to think in this product minded way that you are Holding the end product in your mind throughout the process in such a way that makes this very clear and incredible thing at the end that yeah, you that's a good point. Had this anticipation of yeah, it's not and just sourcing like, it is one thing, right. but it's like
0: <laughs> having the idea to do it and like why this form physical format for this game or what yeah exactly. which begets the other and yeah um that's a good point. It's just like. And that comes from, you know, like holding a record at the end of a music. Like the physical LP is a different product than the songwriting and the recording and everything. Um, But it's something that I have in mind from the beginning of the songwriting process. And that translates really well to I know I want to make this game. Here is its projected scope, here is its sort of plan for what it's going to look like and feel like to touch and uh whether that has implications to the game itself um in something mm-hmm. like scratch and claw like which is a, a the scratch off ticket like that's that game exists because of the format and i wanted that experience of scratching to be part of play and so like it's a like, like a lot of things in role-playing game or tabletop design, it's chicken and egg of, like, what – is it your theme? Is it your mechanics? Is it your scope? Is it your budget? Is it the physical format? Like, what thing sparks an idea? And I think um, you just, like, tuning your brain to see the bridges or the ways that certain, some of these answers affect some of these other questions is – the actual skill at play and then finding yeah. a place that prints them is a sort of consequence of that skill
1: and it's it's a great thing it's so impressive that you you're able to do it uh at least from the outside it seems like this kind of effortless thing and i know it's not but that's just how impressive right. it is
0: i mean even thinking of like when we made campfire and we're like we want to hold coins while we play this game
1: Metal coin unlock. It was,
0: <laughs> it was a innate part of design of the game design itself, and having a physical economy as part of play, and then it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna figure out then how we can have coins, <laughs> and like where the coins will come from, and how many we need, and what to, what they, how much they weigh, and like what materials they're made out of and shit. Um, that's sort of a weird like pleasure i get from the publishing side of things is the the physicality and the sort of uh again like the ways that it reflects the game's themes or intense
1: yeah yeah i miss doing that stuff i have just been in book world and i'm gonna stay in book world for a long time ain't
0: nothing wrong with a book either i gotta say (laughs) (laughs) ain't nothing wrong
1: it's just i i have like lost a lot of appetite for production um, And it comes with, like, that a lot of my job is just other
0: freelance stuff. Appetite so for just... Destruction is actually my favorite Guns N' Roses album. <laughs> <laughs> Appetite for production. <laughs> um,
1: You're going to die. <laughs> uh, feels like it sometimes. Um, yeah. Um, and I think a, a benefit of this is ask your friends for help and your friends will ask you for help and in a larger philosophical way and it like also feeds into this lifelong learning aspect that we were talking about earlier um that it's such a multidisciplinary art form making rpgs and making books in general that there's no ceiling to how far you can go and we love solving the problems of game design and book design and product design and that itself is the pleasure for us for sure um but also having the thing at the end is great and just having other travelers on that journey that either they are a couple steps ahead of you or a couple steps behind or whatever um just connecting with those people and uh helping each other it's great get some more brains
0: um this episode would pair well with our collaboration uh exploration and just like this is this is how to work together separately and then that episode we talk a little bit more about how to work together together <laughs> uh collaboratively yeah. and um there's that's a two-way street too it's like collaboration is also learning from the other person in a similar way to how education and mentorship is and then in that similar in the other direction like the way that you collaborate and how reduction of ego and uh attention to methods of conversation and communication those are also going to be important for the way that you relay information to a mentee or mentor and how you just like get along in general so i think that one's in the queue right you said that one was not out yet i can't remember uh, i think that one's out okay well listen to that episode and listen to this episode <laughs> in like short succession and then kind of like multiply the thoughts by each other
1: <laughs> yeah and i think that this might be a shorter episode because we just hit the point so well um <laughs> yeah. but yeah maybe i can talk a little bit about big grave after a um yeah go for it yeah. Okay, we'll come back from break and talk about Big Grave.
0: All right, we're back. And we're going to wrap up by just telling you about some new projects of ours. Um, I am releasing a collection of games uh, at the end of September, beginning of October. Uh, this is sort of the culmination of my residency behind the mask. This is my horror collection. <laughs> I think I'm calling it my trick or treat suite. Uh, so it's going to, it's five, Games, five unique role playing games, each in a zine format. Um, each is its own standalone experience. Uh, you can get any of them individually, or you can get the collection that comes with a trick or treat bag. Uh, and yeah, so there's going to be five games in there. I'm not going to talk about all of them. I will only talk about the ones that are finished as time of record so that I don't shoot myself in the foot. But, uh, The first is uh, called Ever Dream This Man. It is based on uh, thisman.org creepypasta. Uh, It's also based on Nightmare on Elm Street in terms of, like, dream warriors and uh, trying to see something surreal within these dream landscapes that might be threatening towards you. It is a hack of contact by Jay Stroutman. So it, yeah. it involves making a playlist that will sort of flavor the dream worlds that you inhabit and using tarot cards to generate prompts and scenes and stuff. And over the course of play, all the players, which can be, you can play solo, you can play up to six people. Um, you will be drawing the features of the man that you see that's haunting your dreams over the course of play. And by the end, you will have a unique portrait of, Of this being that exists in your nightmares Uh, and also you will then confront that person in the final act of play and see if you are able to stave off his like dark dream desires or if you are going to drag him into your waking world Um, I'm also working on I want to have the itch page for that game sort of be the hub where players can upload their portraits of this man and uh, sort of have this cool. gallery at the end of uh, dream threat men that exist in all <laughs> the different worlds that you create. Um, You're
1: creating a new cursed place on the internet. Yes.
0: <laughs> and I'm excited, too, for the prospect of maybe doing this in a sort of chain face style, like the man that you create can be uh, brought into other game worlds that you play in. That's sick. So that's one of five. Um, these games are going to be available at worldchamp.io uh, this Halloween season.
1: And get a part of the Patreon to get updates and and news for when that stuff is happening.
0: Yeah, I'm World Champ Game Co. on Patreon. So um, I'm trying to figure out, because these are the games that I normally would release monthly through Patreon, and since I'm releasing them all at the same time, I want to make sure that my patrons get something out of that um i am not entirely sure what that looks like yet but you will at the very least be notified first and uh get the details and the behind the scenes looks at stuff like that
1: sweet and uh i am making my famed return to the green realm Uh uh-oh it's happening again i haven't been here in a long time
0: yeah you were liberated for a while (laughs)
1: Yes, I was enlightened, liberated, and I'm crawling back like a worm um, to, the, to Kickstarter. But I am so excited to be a Heidi Klum-style worm in Big Grave fashion <laughs> fantasy. Uh, some of you might remember this game from six billion episodes ago on this podcast as one of my first pitches for the Brain Trust game. The um, Grave Fashion Fantasy is a game all about aesthetics where how you look determines your freaking power style <laughs> and you play icons in a vaporwave city called World Five that is in between life and death um you are here either from the waking world or as a uh old head from worlds four through one or from somewhere else entirely and in this place aesthetics have power um and you are fighting to get to the top to reshape the world in your idealistic image or to make it uh, a utopia um this game i am so excited about sharing uh Adam has gotten to play it before, and uh, tell me a little bit about how your character looked. You had this, like, amazing shawl blade contraption, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: I had, I'm picturing, it was, like, this uh, iridescent blue and green, like, hard shell that sort of had blades and, like, sharp points. Kind of a mix between, you know, a punk's studded shoulders and scyther <laughs> uh the Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> um and between aspects of this metallic shine were these like fishnets and like lacy kind of accoutrement that brought this like elegance and softness to what's otherwise a very hardened exterior. Um it was really fun, it was really creative and I like, was like drawing my character portrait while I play, which is uh, Always one of my like indicators that I'm like in it is that I can picture it and I can I want to like document my mind's eye vision of this game world. Um, we took down this bro DJ at a dance club. Uh, <laughs> oh, a metal, it was like a metalcore dance club and I was listening to, yeah, procedurally generated gents while we played.
1: <laughs> um, and just let that speak for itself that Adam played a month plus ago and perfectly remembered the fashion <laughs> that their character was wearing. And uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was the Prestige. I'm Willie <laughs> Uh You can find Big Grave at biggrave.com. It's coming on Kickstarter. It's going to be a beautiful magazine-style-looking fashion book. Um Yeah, uh, Ride the Wave, all that stuff. Um, Adam, where can people find you?
0: Oh, my games are at worldchamp.io. My digital games are at worldchampgameco.itch.io. And I'm on Patreon as worldchampgameco. Since social media is a nightmare realm now, you'll just figure it out from there. There will be links on all Figure
1: it the fuck out. Uh maybe I will be your perpetual notification on blue sky one day. <laughs> I don't know if you get that. Yeah, you just no. always got one notification. Who the fuck knows
0: anything? It's just there's something there.
1: That's me, okay? If you got one notification, that's me. Um yeah, I'm Will. You can find me at will.com. All my games are goodluckpress.co. Like I said, biggrave.com is where you go to hear about big grave fashion fantasy, Plasmodics, mutant freaks in the future. Uh, mutant weirdos in the freak future freaky mutants in the weird future that's going to come out in the fall um and i am laying it out now this game is such a blast i ran it at a game night literally last night That's why my voice is hoarse because i was laughing so hard um they did a pacifist run and they reprogrammed a cop robot all right <laughs> we love that um but this has been another episode of the Brain Trust Podcast. Come hang out with us on the Brain Trust Discord where you can say G-M-B-T and other stuff like that, including other phrases. Um, but, uh, yeah, brain emoji, handshake emoji.